Hello and welcome to Our Lady of Victory live streaming. Today is Tuesday, April 7th, the Tuesday of Holy Week. And once again today we listen to John's Gospel, John chapter 13, and we'll listen to verses 21 through 33, and then verses 36 to 38. And this is what John's Gospel shares with us today. Reclining at table with his disciples, Jesus was deeply troubled and testified, Amen, amen I say to you, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another at a loss as to whom he meant. One of his disciples, the one whom Jesus loved, was reclining at Jesus' side. So Simon Peter nodded to him to find out whom he meant. He leaned back against Jesus' chest and said to him, Master, who is it? Jesus answered, It is the one to whom I hand the morsel after I have dipped it. So he dipped the morsel and took it and handed it to Judas, son of Simon the Iscariot. After Judas took the morsel, Satan entered him. So Jesus said to him, What are you going to do? Do quickly. Now none of those reclining at table realized why he had said this to him. Some thought that since Judas was keeping the money bag, Jesus had told him, buy what we need for the feast or to give something to the poor. So Judas took the morsel and left at once, and it was night. When he had left, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and he will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little while longer. You will look for me as I told the Jews. Where I am going, you cannot come. So now I say to you, Simon Peter said to him, Master, where are you going? And Jesus answered him, Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, though you will follow later. Peter said to him, Master, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Amen. Amen, I say to you, the cock will not crow before you deny me three times. For our salvation, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, they were both part of Jesus' very select group of the twelve. One was an idealist. He found Jesus a compelling leader and his message always filled with hope. Establishing the kingdom of God in the here and in the now was enormously appealing to such a young enthusiastic zealot. But as the months stretched into years, he lost his idealism, or he perhaps simply grew impatient with the lack of progress Jesus was making. Maybe the last straw was on that day when they entered Jerusalem, the day you and I call Palm Sunday, as Jesus entered the city riding on a donkey greeted by the poor and the powerless. Shouldn't Jesus be using his considerable gifts to take on the established order and entrenched leadership in order to create this new kingdom he keeps speaking of? 
prayers and piety are one thing, but politics is the way to get things done. Over time, his unrealized hopes, perhaps, brought him to this place of disappointment, sadness, frustration, anger, bitterness. Judas, the idealist, became Judas, the cynic, and the other one, the headstrong one, the leader of the group, used to be hard, no-nonsense worker, always running, working hard in the fishing operation. Whatever the issue, he charged ahead. He could ask the hard questions and be willing to say the wrong thing that was, everyone else, that was on everyone else's mind. He often served as Jesus' foil. He was the only one of the twelve to have said, You are the Messiah. You alone have the words of everlasting life. But, but then Jesus, the wonder worker, Jesus, the esteemed teacher, Jesus the transfigured beloved of God became Jesus the accused, Jesus the condemned, Jesus the crucified. And his hope was trumped by fear. His faithfulness was sacrificed on the altar of self-preservation. At the very sound of the crowing of the cock, Peter awoke to the reality that his beliefs did not match his words. See, the stories, the stories of Judas and Peter are stories of enthusiasm that fades over time, hope that deteriorates in the wake of constant disappointment, idealism that shatters in the face of hard reality. See, both of these men are unable to understand the journey to Easter is always by the way of the cross. The kingdom of God that which they longed so deeply for was built in hearts, transformed in the love and in the gospel of Jesus himself. See, their experience in the Holy Week gospel is not much unlike ours. To experience the new life of the Easter Jesus demands our passing over with him from the death of self to the recreating of the heart in the very compassion and in the mercy and forgiveness of God. Who of us through these past weeks has not felt frustrated, overwhelmed, disappointed? Oh, at times, news reports and thinking, we're on the move, we're Things are going better. Things are changing. And then it's not going as quickly as we had thought. Not moving as quickly as we had hoped it would. Things aren't moving in the direction that we were so sure in our own minds and even perhaps in our own hearts that we thought it should be or it would be. But our journey of faith is one that just simply invites us to remain faithful. Not, not looking at the amount of time that passes, 
not looking at the things that surround us with disappointment, but rather challenging ourselves and those around us with the thought and the realization in our own selves that we're not alone. God is with us. But I think the stories of Holy Week, they certainly helped me. Because those who surrounded Jesus, they felt frustrated. They were waiting and wondering, when is he going to change all of this? And he simply journeyed with them. He didn't just simply change it. He invited them to become part of the reality of the process of change. For through all these weeks, it has struck me so much how so many of us have changed and how we will be changed for probably the rest of our lives by the events of these past weeks. Someone shared with me just yesterday, in fact, that they had finally spoken to a neighbor. They've lived in the same house for the last nine years, and they've never exchanged words with one of the neighbors because they've never even seen the neighbor until these past weeks. They're both home. They've been both working outside trying to get their um, gardens and their flower beds prepared for the spring and finally shared some words over the fence. Finally shared a few moments of their time that in the past was so occupied with so much they never had an opportunity to do anything other than wave from their cars. The person who shared that story with me just said, I don't think I'll ever just wave from my car again. I hope at least I will never do that again. I hope from now on I'll always get out of my car to say good morning or good evening or how are you? Or I'm going to the store. Can I pick something up for you? See, change, change is a process and a process that our faith invites us to be a part of. Isn't that what Lent has been all about? Conversion, the word meaning to turn around, to turn around. We've all been pretty much turned around. Like many of you, I even have my phone tell me now in the morning what day it is and what the date is because all the days just seem the same. And I think to myself, is it Monday? Is, is it Tuesday? Is it, is it Thursday? What, what day is it? I've been turned around. But I hope in faith I've been turned around and my heart has been changed and converted at last. That the Lord Jesus might be victorious. That I might be the person, that son, that brother, that uncle, that great uncle, that priest, that pastor, that the Lord Jesus asks me to be. So let's pray with and for one another. And my prayer for us is this today. Almighty God and Father, do not let us lose hope in the possibilities of your compassion and your mercy in our own time and in our own place. 
May your grace sustain our hope in your life-conquering death, your spirit of reconciliation, healing, estrangement, your justice reigning over all peoples and all nations at every moment of time. Amen. And may God bless you and bless all whom you love. And as always, I hold you in my heart. And may we be blessed by God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.